God's word is simple, and its understanding brings light and fulfillment of purpose. Sit back and relax as lead pastor of New Reality Christian Center, Pastor G.J. Ojo, brings you God's word with simplicity and clarity. Be blessed as you listen. The blessed word of God. And I am changed. I am transformed by the mystery of God's word. Hallelujah. You're welcome to this Easter Sunday. Our Lord and Master and Savior died for us, but that was not the end of the story. He was buried, but that was not the end of the story. Glory to God, after three days and three nights, He resurrected, triumphing over death forever. And because He's alive, you are alive in Him. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Amen and Amen. So yesterday we began to look at the subject of the law of identification. And I said the whole Bible is founded on this law. The whole Bible is founded on this law. We saw that how this law affected the fall of man. And how that it was impossible for Jesus to restore man to God. Or reconcile man to God. Even though he was God. He could not do that just because he was God. He did that on when he became a man. Because it takes a man to bring salvation. Since death came by man. So it's of necessity that life must come by man. Since death came by man. Then it was not necessary that life must come by man. Since death came by man, it was of necessity that the life must come by man. And that's why the Bible says, let me quickly read again in Hebrews chapter 2. <clears throat> Hebrews and chapter 2 from verse 14. Reading from NLT, we're going to read to verse 17. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 14 down to verse 17. It tells us how that it was necessary for Jesus to become a man for him to bring about our salvation. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, Because God's children and human beings, made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Now, it needs death to break the power of the devil, and the power of the devil is the power of death, and that power of death is seen because the sting of death is seen. And the strength of sin is the law. So the only way the devil could lose his power, or the only way Jesus could destroy that sin, which is the power of the devil, is through death. However, he could not do that until he became human, until he became man. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not out of the flesh, but out of the spirit. Verse 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his only son in the likeness of sinful flesh, he says, condemn sin, condemn sin. So he takes that likeness, he takes that flesh, that human, you know, human existence for Jesus to destroy sin over our lives. Now you continue in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 15. It says, only in this way could he, only in this way, only in this way. There was no other way. If he had not become man, it means Jesus would not have been able 
able to bring about our salvation and our deliverance from sin. He says, only in this way could he deliver those who have lived all their lives as slaves slave to fearing or to, to fear of death, of dying. And then look at verse 16. It says, and we know, and we all know that Jesus came to help the descendant of Abraham, not to help the angels, and verse 17 says, therefore, it was necessary, not those words, necessary, it was only possible, and then you see the word necessary, therefore it was necessary for Jesus to be in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be a merciful and faithful high priest before God, he then could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. So in other words, it was necessary for Jesus to become human for him to offer the sacrifice that was acceptable to take away our sins. Some say amen to that. So you see, the issue of identification, alright, has to do with Jesus identifying with man for him to stand as a ransom for the sin and the judgment that was supposed to come upon man. He needed to identify with the state of man. And he did that by becoming a man. And then in becoming a man, he was tempted in all points as we are. Yet he was without sin. And then you see, he was tempted without sin. And he became the Lamb of God that was spotless, sinless, that was killed for us. And now we triumph in him. So say amen to that. Now, on the issue of identification, I just want to cheat this in. The same thing Jesus, I mean the same thing the devil brought to the, the first Adam was the same thing the devil brought to the second Adam. Or the, 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 is it the second Adam or the last Adam? Alright, and what was it? Jesus came, if thou be the son of God, turn this stone to bread. Identity. 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 He has been the strategy of the devil. He has been the strategy of the devil. He has been the strategy of the devil. And now we began to see how that through Jesus becoming human, he was able to suffer for us. And I showed us how that he suffered death for us. Glory to God. And he paid the price of death once and for all. Come on, shout it one more time. Once and for all. Not just once and for all. Once and for all time. That means a canon. Whatever that death brought into your life, that price paid for it eternally. Glory to God. Never again will you be convicted of sin. When I get, never again will you be condemned of sin. Glory to God. Because Jesus paid the price for you. Never again will you be cursed. Oh, glory to God. Never again will you be an oppressed being under the devil. Because through his death, it delivered you from the power of darkness. Say amen to that. As I say amen to that. And I want to continue quickly because I have a lot to share in a short time this morning. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 24. 25 rather. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. He's talking about what Jesus went through for us. Romans 24 chapter 4 and verse 25. He says he was delivered for our offenses. Now you look at what the NLT says again. He says he was handed over to die because of our sins. Glory to God. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And I love this. I just read this all together. We go to Isaiah chapter chapter 53 from verse 3. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3. It says, He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, and we eat as it were our faces from him. It says he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has bore our grief. 
He has bore our griefs. That means He took our griefs, griefs rather, for us. Carried our sorrow. Yet we did esteem Him, strengthened and smitten of God and afflicted. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, But He was wounded for... Come on, talk to me. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are here. Glory to God. I said glory to God. With his stripes you are healed. Say I have been delivered. He says say my transgression has been paid for. My iniquity has been paid for. I have right to peace right now. And by his stripes, I am healed. Can you let us sing for one moment? Say to yourself, by his stripes, I am healed, healed, healed from my head, from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I have health, perfect health. All my organs work perfectly. All my systems work perfectly. In the name of Jesus. And now, part of his suffering. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And verse 13. Glory to God. What he did for us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that angered on the truth. What is the cause of the law? All of the consequences of sin are the cause of the law. It is the cause of the law itemized all of the consequences of sin. Alright? And it tells us that Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. He made a cause for us. Glory to God. He has made a cause for us. Why? We were caused. But now He took a place and be, and He was made a cause for us. For it is written, cause is everyone that angered on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, and we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. Come and say glory to God. So you see, Christ died, and part of his death, or one major way, uh, the, major, the, the only way through which he died, was the crucifixion. He was nailed on the cross. And that cross was, was significant. The Bible says that cross simply means that he died being a cost being. No, he died as cost. He himself was cost. That means it is a cost to go through whatever Jesus went through. That's what it means. Whatever he went through was a cost. To be cut short at your prime age is a cost. To be cut short at your young age is a cost. To be laid with shame in nakedness, in emptiness is a cost. I came to tell somebody here this morning, since Jesus went through the cost, you are not permitted to go through the cost. And whatever smell like a cost, look like a cost. Today we silence it today in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. It's a cost to go through what Jesus went through. But thanks be to God. We have been redeemed from the cross of the law. And right now we have been connected, impacted, invigorated with the blessing of Abraham. Glory to God. And then, you know, the second thing I've just talked about, the suffering he, he went through for us. He was raised back to life for us. The Bible says in Romans 4, verse 25, 
it says he was crucified or he was delivered for our offenses and he was raised for our justification. So you see, our justification was evident because he was raised. So he needed to be raised from the dead for us as an evidence of our justification, our being declared sinless, clean, and perfect. It was of necessity. Then number three, he ascended for us. Some say, well, he went alone. He didn't go alone. You're going to see what I'm talking about now. He ascended for us. In First Peter chapter 3, First Peter chapter 3, glory to God, and verse 22. First Peter chapter 3, and verse 22. I believe you are getting me. If you are getting me, say hi. Shout it even if you are alone. Say hi. Say I'm excited. He, has, he ascended up for us. Ah, glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 22. Look at what it says. Who is done to heaven, talking about Jesus, and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and power being made subject unto him. Well, Pastor, how does that consensus? The Bible says in First John chapter 2 from verse 1, Little children do not sin. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That means when he went and ascended into heaven, he went there because of us. So that he can be with the Father as our advocate. So he ascended for us. If you are getting me, say hi. Say it one more time. Hi. Now, this is very key. This is very key. Now, imagine Man you. Can you get me uh, a name of a player in Man you? Not Igalo now, because I'm going to use Igalo. I'm going to su- supply the one I don't know. Alright, what player? Oh, Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez. Hallelujah. Okay, so imagine um, there is a cop. FA, right? Alright, there's a cop. Uh, and they're planning, they're playing for this cop. They're playing for this trophy. And then suddenly, the coach comes up. And he says, Igalo, can you, can you please uh, come up? And he says, Fernandez. Uh, and then, and, um, I don't know if they play the same, uh, the same feed, uh, the same uh, uh, position on the feed. But let's assume just for the purpose of this picture. And then he calls uh, uh, Fernandez. I say, Fernandez, can you please come down and let Igalo replace you? And then throughout that match, Fernandez is seated. He's seated. On the bench, Fernandez has been substituted by Igalo. And they are playing the final match. And in one way or the reason, one way, Igalo tests the ball and then dribbles the first the defense line, the second defense line, the third defense line, and was with the goalkeeper and dribbles the goalkeeper and then scored the goal and then played the ball, the ball inside the net. And then that was his goal. And the people are rejoicing. Imagine Fernandez is just sitting down there. Oh. Will that happen? Alright, when they score the goal, alright, what happens? <coughs> they will rejoice. Fernandez will run around the field. If possible, Fernandez will hold Igalo and say, Wow, we are winning today. And then, again the second time, Igalo does it again. And then second goal, third goal, fourth goal. I don't know the club. I don't want to mention any club. Maybe it's Arsenal or whatever. But I'm not mentioning any club. Uh, you know, I'm not mentioning a club. Alright, but he scores the goal and he wins. 
And then they announced, they, they, they say, oh, man, you, we have won all, you have won uh, uh, the final stage of this, of this competition, and then you deserve uh, to have the cup as the winner, the gold bearer of this competition. And then they begin to share medals. They begin to share medals. What happens? Fernandez is seated. Since he didn't play in the match, he didn't play in the match. That brought the victory. So Fernandez, he, he has been substituted. Fernandez is seated. Is that what will happen? No. What will happen? Alright, everybody will collect. Everybody will wear the trophy. It is everybody's cup. So far you are identifying with the team that wins. You are part of the set that qualified for that victory. That received that victory. Alright, Igalo's goal was your goal. Igalo's victory was your victory. I came to tell somebody here. Yes, he died for you. He suffered for you. He was crucified for you. He bared the pain for you. He bore the strife for you. But listen to me, we were in the same team. And what that means is that his victory became your victory. Hey, I say his victory became your victory. Let me first say this. His suffering became your suffering. So it was of a necessity that the glory that followed the suffering became yours. Glory to God. Are you getting talking about? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a policy. It's a policy. It's a policy, even under the law. The Bible says, they that stay with the stock, we share in equal proportion of the spoil as they that go to the war to fight. Under the law, in the Old Testament, if you are part of the army, and then you are asked to stay with the people at home, and the others went to, to war to fight. When they bring the spoil, the treasures of battle, they will share equally with the persons who went to, you know, the person who went to, to fight the war, and the person who stay at home, we have equal share. Why? Because they are the same thing. When Jesus asked us to stay at home, and said, let me fight this battle. This battle is the Lord's. It's not your battle. And he went ahead to fight that battle for you. What that means is, when he came back with the victory, the victory was your victory. We shared it equally. That's why we are joined air with Christ. Don't say amen to that. Remember Goliath and the children of Israel under the law? Goliath and the children of Israel under the law. Goliath came out. He understood his principle of identification. And Goliath said, listen to me carefully, everyone. Present me your champion. Oh, thank God I have a champion. The one that never lost a battle. He said, present me your champion. Present me your champion now. If I defeat your champion, the whole of this nation shall be my slave. Shall serve me. Shall be my servant. Present me your champion. And Saul was, was trembling. He was afraid. Why? He didn't have the consciousness of victory and covenant. He, he, he was no longer in connection with the Spirit of God. The Bible said the Spirit of God had departed from him. Under the Old Testament. But here comes the man anointed called David. And thank God Jesus is the seed of David. He came... And he fought the battle in the name of the Lord. And the Philistine rather became the slave of Israelites. Why? Their champion was defeated. I came to tell somebody that your champion fought that battle. And defeated the devil down flat forever. And listen what that means. It's a what used to rule over you and, and terrorize you. It's not under your feet. Shout it, the devil is not under my feet. Glory to God. So you see. If you are part of that system, part of that set, 
whatever was done by the representative of that said belongs to all. And that is that, that place here. That place out here too. Christ is our own champion. He fought the battle and now, glory to God, his victory became our victory. His testimony became our testimony. Hallelujah. And we rejoice together. We say in the spoil of the battle together. Oh boy. Are you getting what I'm talking about here? And that's why, as a believer, when you put your faith in Jesus, when you say Jesus is your Lord, you confess Him as your Lord, you receive Him. What you are saying is this. You are saying, I identify what you did on the cross. I identify with redemption. I identify with all you have done. And I'm saying, all you have done belongs to me as much as it belongs to you. Equals here. And it is lawful. It is lawful. Nobody will say, well, Fernandez, you are not qualified. We, 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 you see, you, we, you, you had a wounded leg and you didn't play. How can you, how can you, how can you now say that you, you, you will now, you will now, you will now, you will now, you will now collect treasure. Say, it is, it is, it is impossible. No, 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 no. Tell that devil a liar. If it was right for Adam, all right to commit sin and death pass upon all men, it is right for Jesus to obey the Father and life should pass upon all men. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So what does the Bible say? It says we died with Him. Yes, He died for us. But when we identify with what He did for us, alright, it means we did it together. He died with us. Or we died with Him. In Romans chapter 6, Romans and chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, Number three. Romans chapter six, number three. I want us to read the New Living Translation. Or have you forgotten that when we became Christians and were baptized, and, and that's what happens in baptism. In baptism, we identify with what Jesus did for us. It's a way to stir up our remembrance and consciousness, just like when we break bread. It's a way to stir up our remembrance and consciousness. It's a spiritual truth to walk by consciousness. In what Jesus did. That's why your water baptism must be real water baptism, not sprinkling of water. Not sprinkling of water. You must be deep into the water. We'll keep it there for some seconds and then we'll remove it out. That's what it means. Some people will just have a sprinkling of water and they call it the water baptism. That's not water baptism. That's the base. And please, after the lockdown, go and get real water baptism to help your consciousness. It doesn't save you, but it helps you to, with your consciousness, you identify with the redemptive work of Christ through that. Amen. That's Romans 6, number 3. Or NLT, it says, Or have you forgotten that when we became Christian and were baptized to become one with Christ, we died with Him? When we became Christians, when we built, when did you become a Christian? When did you become a believer? When you put your faith in what Jesus did. And then he said, at the instant you did that, what you are saying at that time is that, yes, I died with him. So you share in his death. That means, that's why Paul was saying in Galatians 2 and verse 20, Paul was not there when he was crucified. He was a young man, even when Stephen was preaching the gospel, Paul was not there when he was crucified. But look at what Paul was saying in Galatians 2 and verse 20. Genesis 2 and verse 20. Glory to God. Look at what Paul was saying. 
Look at what Paul was saying. He says, I am crucified with, so say with, Christ. Say one more time. I am crucified with Christ. So when it became a cross, it was you paying for all the crosses that you could ever carry. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory to God. Now, what implication? You go to Romans chapter 6 again. Romans chapter 6 and the 6. Romans chapter 6 and the 6. If you read from NLT, Paul also talked about crucifixion. Crucifixion. But it tells us what part of us was crucified. How was it that we were crucified? Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. It says our whole sinful self were crucified with Christ. Come on now. Our whole sinful self were crucified with Christ. That man that deserved to die. That man that deserved to bear punishment. That man that deserved to be crossed. That man that deserved, alright, to be under the bondage of the devil. It is our own sinful self were crucified with Christ so that, so that sin might lose its power in our life. Shout it, sin has lost its power over my life. Look at what it says. We are no longer slaves to sin. Glory! Why? We're crucified with Christ. So when he died, we died with him. And of course, he died the death of the cross. And when he died the death of the cross, we were crucified with him. And that tells us, that tells us, that tells us that our whole man has been crucified with him. The man that, that was cursed. The man that could not carry the blessing. The man that was sinful. The man that could not receive the life of God. The man was crucified with, with Christ. And now we are no longer slaves to sin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I like what verse 7 says. For he that is dead is free from sin. Let me read what NLT says. Verse 7, Romans chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Aren't you glad? The power of sin has been destroyed. The power of sin has been nullified. The power of sin has been destroyed. I said the power of sin has been nullified. I said the power of sin has been destroyed. I just want that to resonate on the inside of you. The power of sin has been destroyed. The power of sin has been nullified. The power of sin has been destroyed. Whatever was legalized by sin has been destroyed. Now we are free. Have you had story like this? See, there's a person here. You are under a curse. Why? Your great-great-grandfather, he committed the sin. And since that time, they placed a curse on him. And now, all of you, his children, are under that curse. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is true my great-grandfather committed that sin. It is true my great-grandfather was cursed. But there is a greater truth. That truth is that when Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, he died, he was on the cross, and I died with him. And by that single act, every cross has been crossed out. Oh, come on now. As every cross has been crossed out. Now you are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. The cross cross out the cross. I like that. The cross cross out the cross. The cross nullified. 
Can I say something to you? The cross was a neutralizer. The cross was a neutralizer. The cross crossed out the cross. The cross neutralized the cross. It effects, neutralized sin. It effects upon our lives. It did. Glory to God. Are you glad? I say, are you glad? And then, what did he do? How did we identify with him? When we put our faith in Christ, how did we, what else did we identify with? We identify with his death, yes. Number two, we identify with his barrier. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, look at what the NLT says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, for we died and were buried with Christ. We were buried with him. We were buried with him. What does that mean? Listen to me. The three days and the three nights of Jesus in the zone of death, being buried was not for fun. He entered to the realm of the spirit. He led captivity captive. He entered the realm of the spirit and then he went to pay spiritually for the price of sin. So listen to me. When we're buried with him, we enter the zone of death together and we began to pay for that price together. Glory to God. That means whatever he did within those three days, Jesus was not sleeping. He wasn't having a nap. What happened in a siesta in three days? He was walking. He was walking. And that's why when he was raised from there, he says, he says, All power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Why? He got it by conquest. You got it together. It spoiled principalities and power. You got it together. Glory to God. Glory, glory to God. If you are getting me, say hi. Say, I was buried with Christ. Say one more time, I was buried with Christ. Look at my, number three. He gave us life together with Christ. We identify with the fact that He was given life together with us. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. You read the English Standard Version. He says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Made us alive together with Christ. Hallelujah. He made us alive together with Christ. Shout it, he made us alive together with Christ. Say one more time, he made us alive together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. Glory to God. Yeah, He made us alive together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. He did. He did. You know what that means? The very life Jesus has now, that resurrected life is what you have now. You share in the resurrected life. See, I share in the resurrected life. Say one more time. Say one more time. And look at it, verse 6. It says, He was raised, we were raised together. Verse 6. And has raised us up together. That's another point. He raised us up together. We led the tomb together. There's another point. He made us to see together in heavenly places. Now let's look at He raised us up together. Let's look at it in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 9. 
Romans chapter 6 and verse 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more. The death has no more power, no more dominion over him. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. For in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 11. Likewise reckon ye yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So right now, what do you do? You say, glory to God, I'm alive unto God. You are alive unto God. That means you are open, connected to the life of God. Why? You were raised together. He says, he made him to see together. What does it, he made us to see together. What is the implication of that? You go to First Peter chapter 3. From verse 21. Are you getting blessed? First Peter 3. Verse 21. If you are just say hallelujah. For the, for the figure whereunto even baptism doth also not save us. Let me read from NLT. And this is the picture of baptism. Which now saves you by the power of Jesus Christ's resurrection. Baptism is not the removal of death from your body. It's an appeal to God from a clear conscience. Look at verse 22. Who is born into heaven and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities are probably made subject unto him. Now, he is at the right hand of God, seated. What does that imply? He is seated with angels and power and authority subject to him. Now, the good news is this. We are seated together with him. That means, in that seated position, the angels, amen. The authorities, amen. The power, amen, are subject unto us. They are subject unto us. Angels are not busy ministering for us because we are heirs of salvation. And I want to say something to you. As we identify, now that's another level of identification now. We've been talking about, we've studied different points of identification. We are studying another level now. As we identify with what Jesus did, we receive a new identification. Now, first of all, number one, the moment you identify what Jesus did, from that point onward, from that point onward, we cease to be identified without Christ. It becomes impossible for you to be known, for you to be identified without Christ. That means you cannot be fully identified. Unless you are seen in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Why? You are in union with Christ. Why? Let me show you a scripture. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 28. Now that you are born again, this is true, especially now that you are born again concerning you. Verse 28. Acts chapter 17 verse 28. It says, For in him we live. And move and have our being. It is in Christ you live and have your being. Now, NLT says, For in Him we live and move and exist. It is in Him. It is in Him. 
I love what the message says. It says, we live and move in him. Can't get away from him. Can't get away from him. Look at what the Amplified says. Acts chapter 17 verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. Being. So it is in him you have your being. Your being. Your existence. In other words, if you have a being, it is because you are in him. How then do we describe you except you are described in Christ by Christ, through Christ? You cannot be described, known, identified outside the person of Christ. Mm-mm. It can't happen. It can't happen. Are you with me? This is very key. It can't happen. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm talking about here? In Him we live. Shout it in Him I live. Shout it in Him I move. In Him I have my being. In Him I live. In Him I move. In Him I have my being. Do you believe that? That's where your identity is. Why? The Bible says. Again, let me first go into 7 Corinthians 5. I'm running out of time. And verse 17. Now, if you read this particular scripture in in let me read it in in the Amplified Version. It says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, that means you are in union with him. That's what it means. Now, let's show you another scripture. Because you see, you have to identify that. You have to understand that. Now, you go to 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians, what I beg your pardon. 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, and verse 17. You see? The reason why the church is suffering is because we have a false identity that the devil is selling to us. The powerlessness in church, that's why we pray and pray and pray, and then there is little to the power demonstrated by us. It's because we do not know who we are. Because you can have so much power and authority, and yet you are suffering like you don't, just because you are ignorant of who you are. My people perish for lack of knowledge. You go to that scripture. In... First Corinthians 6, number 17. For he that is joined unto the Lord in one spirit. They have been joined unto the Lord. They have been joined unto the Lord. And you, you cease to be identified without him. You cannot be identified without him. Because you have been joined unto the Lord. Are you getting what I'm talking about at all? So we, we identify with what he did. By identifying what he did, we receive new identification. Our status changed. For example, we became a new man in Christ. Now, I want to show you three major levels of identification or kind of identification that we receive. And all of this affected every other thing about us. Now we are righteous in Christ. Yet it's falling into these things I'm talking about. 
And now we have the same life of Christ. If one is this thing, three things I'm talking about. But before I read that, look at another scripture just to help us to understand what I'm talking about. That you no longer, you no longer have an identity as a believer outside Christ. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. Look at what it says. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. I want to read the NLT. And you are complete through your union with Christ. I'm in union with Christ. I'm in oneness with Christ. You see? You are complete through your union with Christ. You see that? Say, I'm complete through my union with Christ. Say, I'm complete through my union with Christ. So you see, we can't talk about your identity now and not look at Christ. So number one, I said three levels as I random. Now that you have put your faith in Christ, you identify with what he did. Now you are the body of Christ. And Jesus is the head of that body. Let me just read this scripture. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 21. Far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, which is his body, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth on and all. Now let me read NLT. It says, And God has put all things under the authority of Christ. And he gave him his authority for the benefit of the church. And the church, which is you and I, is his body. It is filled by Christ, who fills everything everywhere with his presence. Glory to God. Now, what does that mean? You are the body of Christ. The same life in Christ. Look, you see, my head. Alright. The same blood that flows through my head flows through my other part of my body. The same blood. The same genetic component of blood flows all over. You see? My head coordinates all of my body. Now, they take, they take, they take instruction. All, all other parts of my body take instruction from my head. My head is the Lord, the master of the other parts of the body. What does that mean? Now that you are the body of Christ, and Christ is the head over your life, it means that you are in total submission to Him. The same life flows within you. The same nature flows within you. Are you talking about? Alright, if it's, it's in heaven, you are there. You don't see the head walking apart from the body. Whatever is true of him is true of you. Remember when Paul was, was persecuting the church? When Jesus appeared to him, he says, he says why, why, was it Paul, 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 why they persecuted thou? Why persecuted thou me? Why? Because the, the church is the body of Christ. And anyone who, who persecutes the church persecutes Christ. Let me share another two. Number point. Number uh, number point. Number two. We are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Think about this. A man marries a woman who comes from a poor background. And this man marries this woman and um, 
This man is a rich man. This man is a king. What happened to that woman? Every benefit of that man rubs on that woman. By that union, the status of that woman changed forever. You have a change status. Oh, I say you have a change status. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye have become dead to the law of the body of to, dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead. They are married to Christ now. Yeah. Our salvation is is like a union, a marriage with Christ. Are you following me? I'm married to Christ. Glory to God. And let me share number three. We are children of God. He's our father. He's our father. He's our father. He's our source and sustainer. We are his responsibility. <laughs> Are you following me? Am I, am I your responsibility? Yes. For you, you are God's responsibility. At times, when, when you are raising a baby, the mother can't sleep because the baby is crying. Alright. And if, if a biological woman, mother would do that, do you think God will fold your hands? Fold his hands when you are going through pain? Hallelujah. You are God's child. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. Let me just read this. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. The Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So we are children of God. We are God's responsibility. That's why He never sleeps in slumber. So that we can be well taken care of. Hallelujah. See, I'm God's child. Are you glad? Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and bless it. Lift your hands and bless it. Oh, bless him. Bless him. Magnify him. Magnify him. Magnify him. Celebrate him. Mondorobo Shandarabashande Rigedesha. Celebrate him. Mondorobo Shandakabarande Rigedesha. Oh Lord, we thank you. Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord. Because we live, I can feel you more. 
My life is worth. 
Hey, 
families, send us testimonies through our offline. Healings and miracles are taking place. Supply. Somebody is there before the end of this, a miracle supply. Attend to your bank account in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We believe you have been blessed and transformed by the word. Be a doer of the word by acting on what you've just heard. For more information, you can reach us on plus 234-806-424-8108. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New Reality CC and on Facebook at New Reality Christian Center at Doe Stay in the finished works of Christ.